How long gone is here? Coachella edition. We're just a couple days away from Coachella. Chris, how are you feeling? I mean, I'm not ready yet. I've been reading a lot of trend pieces about how the the kind of classic uh, Coachella boho look is making its triumphant return to Indio mm. uh, this year. I haven't had time to kind of hit uh, intermix for all my... Um, necessities it's pronounced intermix oh i apologize i apologize but i'm so i'm kind of i'm kind of behind the dial right now on coachella season uh but luckily for both of us we aren't we doing, aren't going i feel like i was doing decks like three months ago and you're just now going on intermix even with overnight shipping i don't know chris <sighs> i'm stressed out okay and and i'm <laughs> I, I, I i don't know what to do i can't buy some like cheap rayon you know from urban outfitters to accomplish the boho look if i want to get sienna miller at glastow ready it's going to cost me and if overnight shipping is, is part of that then that's a that's a pill i'm gonna to have to swallow did you did you think you're ever gonna live long enough for this twisted little look to come back in vogue i mean it's one of the worst looks we've ever been through as a society we talk about kind of the indie sleaze look being bad which it, it still takes the cake of course but i would believe a close second is coach coachella boho chic and obviously sienna and alexa in their prime you know in the streets of of marlebone it's a very different uh, proposition you know if we keep talking about coachella but you keep bringing up London and Marlebone and well because they're because uh, all these British festivals. How, I'm talking about Coachella, bitch. No, I know what you're talking about, Cali TJ. But what I'm saying to you is that that look was bastardized by California trash and unfortunately ruined. <laughs> is my point? Is <laughs> that's that's my whole point? Maybe Chris, this sounds like a good Substack for you. <laughs> I like. There's a lot of fat to chew on here. Unfortunately, once Elon banned Substack links from Twitter, I divested from that platform um, as a Twitter first dump guy. Dump it. I want it all out. I want. I want it. All. I, I called my broker and said, "Dump it." <laughs> um, but TJ, uh, TJ, you're you're in the you're in the desert now. You're kind of at, you're you're kind of doing a Coachella pre party. If, if I'm pre gaming, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pre gaming a little okay. bit. I wanted to get out here and just. With my sickness, you know, I'm I feel great, but with the nosebleed situation in the desert, it's dry out here. I don't yeah. know if a lot of people don't know that, but it is dry. Okay. And I just wanted, you know, the same way that like a uh, a marathon runner will, you know, show up in Boston maybe a couple weeks just to get used to the climate. Yeah. Altitude stuff like that. I'm kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I I'm glad to see you kind of acclimating to the climate, getting a base tan kind of swish, swishing Tito's around in your mouth like it's fucking uh, mouthwash to kind of get the body get the body ready. Um, but unfortunately, um, neither of us are going to Coachella this year unless something has changed on your side. No, um, no, no, no. Okay, uh, but I will be, I am going to, a, 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 you know, I'm going to see uh, Depeche Mode at Madison Square Garden on Friday night with friend of the show, David Coggins. Mm-hmm pause i'm gonna be yeah yeah exactly this is it's, the, it's a question of pause <laughs> it's the gayest thing david's ever done not the gayest thing i've ever done um so we will be uh we will both be, of those things are false <laughs> we will be in the building okay, so you guys are gonna go this is exciting i'm stoked for you i would, I would love to see depeche mode my dog dave gahan and our friends uh over at columbia were kind enough to bless me with the tickets after after i built with dave like mm -hmm. last year so you're able to dm dave i was able to memento mori his ass but he um mm. you know it's tough to eat dinner 
dinner before MSG, Jason. And that's the real issue we're dealing with because it's... What? Well, it's just there's nothing great close. You know what I mean? So it's like you kind of have Actually, to plan accordingly. You know, Depeche Mode's on at 845. We want to check out the new Chelsea Hotel. Excuse me, Hotel Chelsea. So we're kind of... We're, we're, we're dealing with some stuff over here as well. But I just want you to know I'm seeing live music this weekend in the spirit of Coachella uh, with all of the other... Um, aging goths of the tri-state okay. area. So, as a if I was, I was wondering, like, could this get any gayer? But then you found a way. We need to figure out a way to go visit the hotel Chelsea before <laughs> the first band goes on. Well, not. I'm before sorry, the- honey. <laughs> <laughs> not before the first band goes on just before to the, admire the architecture of the hotel chelsea or no what's going no on? we're gonna dine there it's it's a popular destination for dining and oh. you know we're both we're both interested in a new hot spot david david's not you know he's not above that or oblivious to yeah you want to kick the tires on yeah. a local brasserie yeah we gotta try the look what's it smell like bitch what's it smell like? i did some i did, I did somebody was posting the 18 dollars french fry side so you already know this place is right up my fucking alley French fry. Okay. I don't. I'm, I don't believe those include any accoutrement or they toppings. They better dip themselves in ketchup for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> these <laughs> these things better come with homemade mayo and a dipping arm. At the very least, smoked. Yeah, smoked uni aioli. I hope. <laughs> but there's there's a lot gold leaf. There's a lot going on um on the internet today. Cancel our guests. There's too much. I read a, I read a nice story with friend of the show Marshall Vore. Um, from nylon I, I got, I'd love for you guys to go check that out uh, but the the real issue going on we love Marshall but I need something juicier don't worry Marshall doesn't give too much juice except that he listens to Morgan Morgan Wallen and the Tesla who doesn't the juice here is that there's a uh, internet personality Lee from America is her former nom de plume and mm-hmm. she has she has left the influencing world for a regular job and now she is charging influencers a $40 fee to learn from her how to stop influencing. This is this is real. This is reverse Tony Robbins. And also I know I know Lee personally just uh, for the record. Okay, congratulations. So she lost oh, okay. she she's Chris is pissed. I like it. N- no, I'm just kidding. She was making close to 300k from being an influencer and now she's like a social media person at a tech startup unnamed. Uh they're going out of business, I'm sure. Um and I I just this got some pretty dedicated ink in the in the New York Times style mm-hmm. section. <laughs> style section. Chris, you're the cuntiest cunt who ever cunted. I just want to say on the record, this is absolutely insane. Like it's absolutely insane. This is not interesting. It's not important. It's absolutely it's more meaningless than an article about podcasters. Like I didn't think it was possible for them to go lower than podcasting, but they found a mm, they found a way. I think it's much more meaningful than an article about podcasters because I've never heard a five-year-old kid say, mommy, I want to grow up and be a podcaster. Every single person who, every single child, teen, the ultimate goal is no longer to be a rock star or a musician or an athlete. It's to be an influencer. Yes, of course. But but the fact that they're framing this as like, I, I just don't, this is a, she's, she's switching one scam for another. Like the scam of posting acai bowls with edible flowers is not that different than the scam of selling people a $40 seminar mm. on how to stop posting acai bowls with edible flowers. Like it's not it's 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 Okay, it's so this two is two sides of the same coin. Okay, I, I'm starting to see the semblance of your gripe emerging from the rubble. It's a little bit a uh, little bit of Sackler family-esque. They sell us the disease so to sell us the cure kind of thing. Exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> exactly, Jason. Thank you. Thank you for going Nan Golden mode on this podcast and figuring out what the problem is. <laughs> yeah, but people, I, I just think she, you know, it's like she went into treatment for an eating disorder, obviously, after she stopped influencing, which is difficult and like a real issue and a real problem. But like, I don't understand what that has to do with this. Like, mm -hmm. is that caused by being an influencer because you talked about food? Like, I just don't. I guess I just don't understand what the point is. Like, what is the point? Like, is the point for us to feel sorry for her? Is the point for us to, like, <laughs> realize that being an influencer is bad, which we all have known since the beginning of time? Or what are we, you know, what are we <laughs> supposed to take from this? I think I think it's raising awareness and, uh, and giving a voice to the voiceless of people who <laughs> feel as if they, they can never speak out about the, the negative sides of this publicly. Because it's like, you know, it's like me complaining about being tall. Yeah, no, I mean, this you is... Know, she it's just like, bro, nobody really... Oh, you got paid 300K to post the acai bowl? Yeah, great. Like, my fucking dad cleans the wells and is, you know... I, I unclog toilets for a living. Let me know uh, when you want to talk about gripes. Depending, Jason, if 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 digestion is an issue for you, I'm sure Lee from America has something, kind of some ashwagandha or something. She has a stunning turmeric tea, trust me. <laughs> her, her, her The best quote is, when you're an influencer... Then you have chains on, which is, is I mean, the lack of self-awareness, which obviously we're all we all fall victim to this. And, and I, I'm I'm no different. But comparing comparing being an, a well-paid influencer to being jailed is truly <laughs> something that is that is kind of beyond my realm of comprehension. That's all right. You know, that's all. I'm and assuming I wish the she's I wish using the best. chains in the Stevie Nicks tense but i don't and not and not a, a not an exploration of america's failing jail system um please don't lock me up honey i guess to uh, show you another side of the coin a common reason when people ask us hey why don't you guys do patreon you guys will be making three hundred thousand dollars a year easily what's the deal and then our our reply is always i don't want to be beholden to the fans, to brands, totally. to this and that, and I think this is echoing a pretty similar. Yeah, but we're not cry, right? Yeah, but we're not, we're not, <laughs> we're not trying to sell people a forty dollars seminar to sell us with Zoom and be like, "Don't do it, bro. It sucks." Like, there's no. That's my issue. Like, obviously, but if if somebody were to ever host, uh, you know, some type of influencer Al-Anon or like how to break free from the chains, we would be definitely an amazing guest speaker <laughs> on you know how to detox from patreon but we well you know, no we wouldn't by how long gone. we wouldn't because we never did it so we can't detox from it we avoided it completely yeah we're, we're what are they called golden virgins what's it called what do you call somebody who uh oh oh uh <laughs> gold star we're, uh, we're yeah, gold we star. were gold we, star podcasters we've we never are <laughs> <laughs> we've never fucked patreon <laughs> We've never, We've never been never fucked had by that Patreon. Patreon tongue up my wet little asshole. <laughs> I'd never let Patreon hit, bro. Hell no. Uh -huh. um, like I said last episode, we are merely humans meant to be studied in the museums of the future, and this is another no. You're right. Wing you're right. in our in our <laughs> in our exhibition. You're not. You're not wrong, and you make a good point. I, I guess though, I think that there's a there's like this this kind of. It feels like an underlying plea for sympathy that I feel like people get if they bring up the right buzzwords in situations like this, mm -hmm. where it's like, so I'm supposed to feel sorry for you because you gave up money because you didn't like it anymore. And it's just like, that's kind of mm -hmm. what we're actually talking about. 
Like it's like you can you can say it was this, you can say it was that, the pressure, blah blah blah, blah blah blah. But it's like we again we have to be responsible as 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 functioning adults for the decisions that we make. You know, it's like we've all done things that were like, oh, that was stupid. I shouldn't have done that. You know, you know, I've done it obviously countless times in my life. Jason, I can think of a hundred times you've done it. Moving on, but in our careers, especially, yeah, yeah, for sure. To play devil's advocate. If you were to con- com- compare being an influencer of the highest degree, you know somebody who's paid money to post your body on a on an she Instagram. wasn't even doing, but she she wasn't even she wasn't even doing that well. That's the other thing. It's like this isn't like this isn't like she was top of the top. She was like a a, a middle class <laughs> like influencer, literally. I mean, honestly, and I think it was she did I don't not think have millions like, of followers, but she made a she made a good living. Um, totally, but, totally, totally. But my my point is, if you know, if you are an influencer, even if you're not one who's like an influencer who's you know just like a bikini model influencer or whatever like if you are sure you know whatever it is that you're doing you're still you know it's still sort of you know you're whoring yourself out for money it's, absolutely it's, absolutely it's sex work light but but again the, but again the difference is i mean and, and don't come for me with that statement because obviously they're not the same in in many in many ways but with sex work we have a blueprint like they say prostitution is the oldest uh job in the history of hum, you know mankind influencing is a job that nobody has any experience on. And I think that there will be a lot of people who are like, bro, I thought this was the way out. This was a golden ticket. And since there are no case studies on how to become a, you know, how to successfully exit from your career as an influencer, we're still feeling around in the dark. We're still building the uh, the TikTok tracks while the train's moving. Because it's not a real problem. Because it's not a real. That's why. It's because it's <laughs> well, not clearly, a real. If people are paying her forty bucks a month, that Jason, that's it because is a problem. no, it's not a problem. It's because people are stupid and people are so people think everything that happens to them is like is is like the first time it's ever happened. And they instead of using their own brains to figure out a way out, they're desperate enough to pay someone forty dollars for a, a guidebook that is unproven. That's my. That's the reality. Yeah, I, I guess the issue <laughs> you're sorry go ahead <laughs> don't get scammed we have a guest today uh okay. the uh, there's a great new record from a band called uh, wednesday it's called rat saw god um i've been renting it for a while um and we had one of the band members uh mj linderman um on the podcast a while ago uh to talk about his solo album but today we're talking to carly Hartsman. her bf right yeah her bf today we're talking to north carolina's own carly carly hartsman uh who is the the uh front woman and big boss of 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 Wednesday, um, and this record is is not only uh, Pitchfork Best New Music; it's also earned the the coveted uh, Chris Black Best New Music, um, which is you know it's it's similar but different. No boys allowed on that list. No boys allowed. Let's go down to the swamp and and then uh, talk to Carly. Wicked. How long gone is brought to you by our dear friends at BetterHelp, Jason. BetterHelp, you know, summer travel season is coming up. Luckily, my BetterHelp therapist also fancies themselves a bit of a travel agent. So for maybe the first half of our sweet sessions, we were spent off, obviously off clock going through, you know, hotels, ferries, car rentals, restaurant recommendations. It's as if I have two wives. I have two wives inside of me. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, it, it is a fun way to find and connect different therapists you get one that you really like you guys are gossiping you guys are chit-chatting you guys are talking about your personal interests next thing you know it's time to actually do the work so it feels good building those uh mental health relationships with people you actually like and on better help there are 
so many different therapists to choose from. I don't like anyone. If you're thinking of starting <laughs> therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash how long today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash how long. Nice. How Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know, hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health. Uh-oh. And internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker, stronger hair. Go ahead, give it a tug. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth suppy with over 1 million people seeking thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with considerably less shedding. Thank God. Take the first step <laughs> to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code how long? All one word. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. I got Raf on the nut. <laughs> Dot com promo code how long. That's Nutrafol.com promo code how long. Carly, what's up? I don't know. It's 3 p.m. That's like my worst time of day. So y'all are going to get... Y'all gonna get it pretty raw from my end. It's three o'clock. I'm pissed as hell. This sucks. I hate. <laughs> I hate the afternoon. Ugh. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> I am a nap taker, and three p.m. is the nap time. I also do the like psycho thing where sometimes I'll take a nap at like seven to ten, which is number Ooh. one. Three hours is a long nap, and also that's like. But then you wake up and you have like another day to experience damn hustler mentality that's the one way to look at it i didn't know you were going rob deer deck mode but c welcome to the resistance i wake up at 10 p.m i'm on day number three <laughs> and now i'm kicking your butt what is your sleep schedule then because it sounds fucked up it, it depends because when i'm home it's different from tour sure. uh and it's kind of my life is like half and half now but at home i wake up at like nine and then I'll take like a weird nap at some point whenever I'm uh, digesting something <laughs> slash just like over whatever had happened so far in the day and want to just like start anew. Um, and then I wake up and I'll stay usually like, I don't know, until Jake wants to watch something on TV. So probably like until that old ball and chain starts rattling again. <laughs> yeah, for real. No, it, like, that's literally the only <laughs> thing that takes me away from my grind a lot of the time. Jake will be like, you want to you wanna watch Sopranos? I'll be like, yeah, sure. I can't say no to those blue eyes. You know what I mean? Um, Carly, when you said you, quote, take a weird nap, I'd like to know what <laughs> entails the weirdness there. I feel like reinforced, uh, what's the word, genetically with my nap taking because my grandpa... His schedule is very exact, but he's also a nap taker, and he wakes up at 12 p.m. He's retired, obviously. He's a grandpa. Uh, he wakes up at 12 p.m. G, G pause sleep until noon, if not later, if not later, oh, and then, oh um, and then stays <laughs> up until 4 a.m. every night. He watches all the late night television show, and then he reads physics textbooks until he goes to bed. Damn, is he single? Because this sounds like wifey. <laughs> He's not single, and his his lady stays up with him. The good ones are always taken. Damn, he's got a ride or die that stays up with him. 
Yes. She's over here playing Overwatch while he's reading physics books. Oh my god. I tried to call them. I tried to call them to wish them a happy Passover at 10 a.m. on tour the other day, and I forgot. I I know I should know by now not to t- call them before like two, um, and neither of them were up. Like normally, grandparents like want you to call, and like they're they're down any time of the day. Grandparents are up at 4 a.m. Yeah, that's they're the other thing. Yeah. Earlier than anyone in the world. They're the earliest. So so they're. I mean, and they've always been like that. Yeah, they've always been. Like so this that. type of fucked up. Yeah, I guess unconventional sleeping is inherently in your DNA. Yeah, my dad does it too. Oh, okay. So yeah, you had no choice. And also, I guess just the, the Jewish people in general sort of known for their champion napping skills, right? I have no idea. <laughs> it's true. I've seen it. <laughs> I didn't know. Is there is there a Jewish stronghold in North Carolina? No. That I don't. That I'm not aware of. There's, or are you an outlier? Well, there's one. Okay, there's one kind of Jewish weird fact about. Greensboro where I grew up because there's not a there's not a large Jewish population like I was one of the only I was one of like 15 southern Jews at my upstate New York Jewish summer camp but <laughs> um the fun fact about Greensboro uh where I'm from is this dude Jewish guy I think he's Jewish god at least I hope he's Jewish given the, what I'm about to tell you <laughs> he had better be yeah I'm ni- I'm 98% sure he's Jewish he had for s- some reason was like involved in some insurance thing with the planes that crashed in 9-11 and he ended up making money on 9-11, like a lot of money on 9-11. And so to hide the money or to like invest or whatever, he bought like a huge plot of land in Greensboro, North Carolina and built a Jewish boarding school and like no one went because it's in Greensboro, North Carolina. But we have this huge boarding school, Jewish boarding school in Greensboro, even though we have like no Jewish population. It's so he, really he weird. hid his 9-11 blood money in a Jewish boarding school in Greensboro, North Carolina. Yeah. Damn. So he had the financial chutzpah to short steel beams, <laughs> made a killing on 9-11. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And then he's like, I've got the best idea in the world. Open a Jewish boarding school in a place where Jewish people are non-existent whatsoever. Yeah, and I mean, it's closed now. I guess someone's got going to buy the land back off of it or whatever. I don't know how that works. Well, I mean, this, this is, regardless, this is a great story that I'm sure A24 is going to adopt into a documentary <laughs> series that I would love to watch a, a show about that. It sounds like an amazing story. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's true. My dad told me that, so I'm not sure. I, I never know what he's... If <laughs> my, he's... Da- my dad's a known liar, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this, you know, I don't know. Your dad feels trustworthy to me. He wouldn't bullshit me like that, would he? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. He the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. He's a smart guy, but he loves a good conspiracy theory. Um, so he's he's oh. very it's suspicious. A, it sounds like you're describing my co-host Jason. Yeah? It sounds like you're describing my co-host Jason's pilled as well for me. He's watching a little too much YouTube, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. After he smokes Look, something, you know. Mr. Hartsman has an open mind. Let's leave it at that. He does. He does, and he likes a good story. So he wants to. He'll do his research, but I'm not sure. Like, I don't know. Cannot confirm or deny. But that's just what I heard through the the Hartsman grapevine. Okay, and as as a um, as a known lover of storytelling has he ever you know come up to your your lyrical sketchbook sometime and be like oh, let me take a look at that maybe why don't we move this around here and uh, i don't love this paragraph like is he do, has he ever tried to lend his hand on your songwriting no he he tells me stories that make it in there but he would never oh so he's an uncredited contributor you're stealing his words and making them your art for profit absolutely yeah there's a there's a no that's spotify's job actually hey that's true <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess he owes it. He owes it to you since you're his daughter. I mean, he doesn't have a yeah. choice, really. It's kind of an understood. It's an understood transaction. A transaction. Oh, it sounds amazing. I mean, because there's so many parents who tell so many stories to their kids, and they're just like, "Shut up! Uh, I don't. Are you gonna tell this story again? <laughs> you're such a nice, sweet daughter. You're like, you know, I'll do you one better. Pops wrote a song a song about it mm-hmm. forever preserving this story i made it a little better of course added a couple tunes to it but i think that's really sweet you're continuing the the hartsman family line of stories through the years yeah i mean the more i learn about my my parents the more i want to just like log them in the the archives because like i'm i'm realizing that they were people before i was born and had like a life this is something that this is something that comes with age carly let me tell you because you don't like i that hit me probably like five to eight years ago and and i i was having a talk with my mom and i was like i've never heard this woman talk like this before and it was it wasn't even necessarily the contents of the of the the story or the the conversation it was more like this tone that was kind of like I've seen and done more than you ever realized. Mm-hmm. And it was very reassuring. And it was kind of this like understood like adult to adult uh. transaction that had not that had not really happened before in our You think you've seen some shit, young man, but let me you know, Yeah. Let me, no, honestly. I've been I've been I've been doing this for a lot longer. Yeah. I think yeah. it's good to like hold that off until the last possible moment so you feel like you have parents for a while. But yeah, now yes. that I'm like twenty six, I'm so yeah. glad I they're able to like level with me in that way. Yeah. I, it, I would say that your leveling is happening at a pretty early age. For because sure. I think it usually doesn't happen until somebody's like late thirties, I would say, when when you really feel as if you've lived enough adult life and seen enough shit in the real world to where like I'm old enough and I'm smart enough to know that like you and me are about the same intelligence level, mommy or daddy. Oh, I'm and not, that, that that moment comes a little crazy as I'm well. I'm definitely smarter than both of them. That's understood. But <laughs> I mean, you know, what I, that's they know that too. I think that's kind of a nice they thing. We don't have to argue about that at home. It's beautiful. Well, speaking speaking of old stuff, you uh, I noticed on your social media that you. You you tell people in your in your bio I don't reply to DMs but here's my PO box number and I will reply to your letters. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to ask you why you do that because it's pretty obvious and I think it's cool that you do that. But I would I wouldn't mind hearing some some snail mail stories. Yeah, well actually I have one on my desk right now that I need to reply to. I haven't gotten anything too crazy, um, but this girl like sent me like a scrapbook about why she- it's like a high school girl I think I like her person about like why oh shit wow she loves my band and stuff so she's probably listening to that right now do you want to give her a shout out or i mean listening to this right now um they'll get my shout out via the mail no i'm so i think it's so cool i I'm, i was like so excited when i got that but you're not I see jason and i are jason and i are a little older than you and and our like the earliest experiences I have of music or at least like music that mattered to me was all via mail. It was all mail order. I mean, I was sending cash and envelopes and getting seven inches, you know, back in the mail. So where did, where did you learn this love for the, for the, for the lost art of mail? God, I don't know. I I know I used to send letters to like people that I was intimidated by, just like friends that I wanted to make. Like I remember I was like obsessed with this guy, Danny, who was in this band and he was like tangentially friends, but I wanted to like actually get to know him in a way that mm-hmm. take it to the next level. Yeah, and I couldn't handle it with <laughs> like with like an actual conversation. So I was like, "You want to be pen pals?" And then now we're like good friends because um, it was just like a slower version of it. Yeah, I don't know, getting to know someone. No, that's a good way to. Look. I haven't thought about that though. That it is like the way we get to know people now is fucking turbo. 
you know mm-hmm. like <laughs> i had dinner i had dinner with a friend last night a guy named brooks who i have talked to once in my life we have a lot in common we went and had dinner and are going to be friends but it's like that would have should have taken like weeks mm-hmm. for that relationship you know what i mean for us to get dinner but it literally happened in like two text messages which isn't really um i don't think it's bad or good it's just the it world we fast. live in yeah i'm i'm a, I'm, a hussy. I'm trying to keep my friend group especially succinct it's succinct a word for a can you describe people as succinct? Are you trying saying you're trying to keep a small circle? Is is what we would yeah. say in the hip hop community? Yeah. So I'm trying to like keep all of my friendships like building at like a, the slowest possible pace. Letters helps with that for sure, because um, you literally have to wait like at least a week normally mm-hmm. to get the next installment of this person's personality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. sounds like succession over here. <laughs> You're not gonna you're not gonna FedEx overnight it when you're really feeling like chomping at the bit, you know, spend fifty oh bucks. Um did you listen to the episode that your your BF was on on this on this podcast? Oh yeah, yeah. In prepar- okay, good. Yeah, I love listening to that guy talk. How do you think he did? <laughs> I thought he was great. I thought he was great. I think his um he talks really he's in the next room. He talks really slow. Um so I'm always like, it's so which funny to hot. listen, which is hot. He thinks, about it. no, I love that about him, but it's always yeah. so funny listening to him interview. Cause people are like, so and then he's like, yeah, do, 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 do. I love listening to that. Okay. Well, you did a good impression of him and more importantly, you did a good impression of us. Cause we really be talking like that. Everyone does. Like, I don't know a lot of, I don't know. A lot, I don't know many slow talkers anymore. It does yeah, feel like a true. dying art art form. I feel like it's very popular in California. Honestly, I feel like in the South and in California are the mm-hmm. only places where the, the, the art of slow talking is, is still thriving. Yeah, we ain't in no rush, brother. <laughs> yeah, we ain't no rush, brother. Yeah. Uh, we, I was, I was, I was listening to some, uh, or to an interview, and you were, you were referencing Veronica Mars and uh, another songwriter that we had on like a week or two ago. Also references Veronica Mars in their songwriting. What is the connection? What is the correlation? Why, why do I need to be paying attention to Veronica Mars all of a sudden? Uh, all of a suddenly all of a suddenly <laughs> um i don't know we i i was just watching i watch like shitty tv while, while i sew because i make i hand make a lot of our merch what yeah yeah hand make merch what yeah. the fuck how much I'll can you charge you. for this shit i do 50 bucks a pop just because like i want people anyone to be able to afford it but like here i got one right here i'm at my desk <laughs> This is this is so hold on. This is insane. So you're saying that you buy you buy like a vintage t shirt and then you cut out Wednesday and then stitch it onto the shirt. Well, people just give me all their I usually don't even buy stuff. I, people just give me all their clothes that they would donate normally. So it's free ninety nine for me and then <laughs> So that's why I don't mind charging. Damn, she over here making money two ways. I like this. Yeah. Okay, so you're okay, so that's looking like a forty nine dollar profit, which you, I mean, obviously we can't put a price on your time, but this seems this seems like as the band grows in popularity, this might kind of cause some problems as far as as far as you know price going up your bandwidth. I think I'm taking like kind of a Fugazi route as much as I can where I'm just like trying to keep it accessible and diys possible super cheap 50 dollars t-shirts keeping it chill <laughs> well you know for something hand made by no i know i know i know obviously no you're right i'm you're just right. i'm just razzing no I, I think what you're doing is amazing and i would <laughs> and also if you're just going to be knitting or sewing while you're watching oh yeah fucking sopranos again because because bay wants to yeah might as well you know it's fun you like doing it and if you can make a buck 
Why the hell not? But yeah, I, w- I would watch a lot of Veronica Mars to go back to the original question. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and that was just like one of the names of one of the episodes. And I and I, I pour over my lyrics a lot. Um, and I was just like, I just want to name my album something fucking stupid. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I like I like, <laughs> I, like I, I pour over my lyrics a lot. I wanted to name my album something fucking stupid. I love. I like the duality. <laughs> Business in the front, party in the back. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Yeah. What now? What other programs do you find soothing while you, or can it literally be anything? I watch a lot of like bad YouTube videos too. Just like the like hours long recaps of sitcoms. <laughs> like I know everything about Home Improvement and Roseanne. What the fuck? So you're saying you've like never that. watched these shows? Just like these maniacal deep dives onto these TV shows where like, why would anyone care about this stuff? And you're just like, yeah. you're lapping it up like a puppy. Well, that's the thing. I can't lap anything up that I'm watching or else I'll sew into my finger. So I have to like kind of hate what I'm watching. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You got to be side-eyeing it the whole time. <laughs> yeah, like I can't care enough to look or else I will literally... I've done it before. I've like put the needle like to the bone of my finger. Oh, Write that down. Good song lyric. You got to keep you got to keep Vanderpump rules off the TV while you're fucking sewing. You got to be careful. No, this this reminds me when I tell people like what podcast to listen to when they're trying to go to sleep like you want it has to be that line between entertaining but not too entertaining and like a, a, a boring in a good way. Yeah. And if you could reach that perfect spot, then I mean, you're you're truly zen out, transcendental meditation style. Hmm. 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 I, I recently suffered some nosebleeds for a couple days. You had a, a lyric about having never-ending nosebleeds. Yeah. Girl, I felt that. Um. <laughs> Walk me through your nosebleed journey. Well, I actually haven't had one in a while, but the one I, the reason the one is so prominent in his song is, uh, Jesus, this is like a horrifying story, at least to me. I'm sorry. You don't have to say it if it's. No, no, no horrifying. No, horrifying, like kind of funny and embarrassing. Okay. I used horrifying a little too lightly. I didn't mean it like <laughs> <Okay>. that. <laughs> heinous. I can say heinous. No, heinous is just as bad. Okay. Yeah, heinous. heinous works. Um, uh, I have a really intense, embarrassing memory of like, drunkenly like hooking up with some dude at a party in high school and uh, my nose started bleeding and it got all over his shirt and it was just really fucking embarrassing and then uh, otherwise you know that's stuff that guys jack off to by the way right <laughs> oh lord <laughs> maybe he still thinks about it then yeah. a little a little a little differently how than how i still think about it he's like yeah heinous uh yeah <laughs> it really yeah, sucked it ruined my shirt ew no the only one Sorry. the only other nosebleed that, that comes to my mind is what i had like on christmas eve uh as a kid and i woke up and my pillow was covered in blood and it was christmas and i was like all right i guess this is christmas i don't know i don't have like a i don't have a much I don't know. It sounds like you have some uh, em- emotional. Uh, well, I mean, I I used to get nosebleeds a lot when I was a kid from like allergies and stuff, and then I stopped. But I had there was a couple of days, um, like like a like a, two weeks ago or so now, where I just kept getting nosebleeds whenever I'd lay down and I couldn't sleep because of it, oh, and it became very horrible. It was traumatic and gnarly and triggering. But I mean, I feel fine now, so it's all good. I unfortunately um didn't believe the severity of his claims. Um, because he is kind of a pussy. And then I was at his house and I was able to capture his leaking on film. And I posted this photo today as proof for all of our listeners that he, in fact, was it was I mean, it was it's the more, more blood than I've ever seen come out of someone's nose. Oh, People are asking if I colored the photo. They say it looks like marmalade. <laughs> you know, there's all oh. kinds of claims coming in because of the 
the sheer amount and thickness of his of his blood. Viscous. Vis- viscous. Viscous goal. Viscosity goals. Damn. So is this not the first time you have to? I wonder what um, that means. Document it because you've brought it up on the podcast previously. He claimed he had to uh, reschedule one of our recordings, which was, did not go over well with me because I'm kind of the CEO, and <laughs> and so he was he had he just knew I didn't believe him, so he took his own photographic evidence. Um, on his phone, but I was lucky to I was lucky to see it in person. Mm. Uh, so knowing that the because photos can be doctored, you know, you know how it is, <laughs> Photoshop all that stuff, and then I was able to capture it on thirty five millimeter and then repurpose that as content, which is kind of what we're all doing here anyway. You know, yeah, put it in a museum on thirty five mil. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly when it's thirty. Yeah, it was mil, a, it was a very it's like two thousand three Vice magazine style photo of like. Yeah, guy has a bloody nose. Let's take a Yashica T4 photo of it. My work here is done. Yeah, my work was also it was a Sunday afternoon at like 1 p.m. So it wasn't even cool. There was no like sparks anywhere. There was no cocaine. It wasn't even nosebleed hours. Yeah, it wasn't even nosebleed hours. It was literally mid-afternoon brunch hours kind of, which is it makes it even more depressing. I think that's how they that's how they get you. They'll sneak up on you. It's true. That's the in the and the pre nosebleed feeling is like probably like one of the. Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't. What I don't ever. I've never had one. I've never had one. Can you describe the feeling? You've never had a nosebleed. That's really weird. I've had a little. I've had a little like post big night out. Chris, like, Chris let me ask you a follow up question. How much money have you spent on cocaine in your life? Throw out a number. Thousands. I would say. I would say. I mean shit 18 grand probably yeah probably close to 20 grand probably not a nosebleed in yeah. sight 20 grand on coke. student loans and i was <laughs> that's that's my version of student loans and i was it's not like it's not like i was do it's not like i was you know dipping into only the finest colombian exports like i've done some garbage you know it, i mean and i don't even want to talk about the few meth mistakes but i think that the i think that the it all snorts the same it feels like some people just have that you're either wired that way or not like both of you guys have had nosebleeds and they Mm -hmm. had nothing they were just kind of like it seems like it happened out of nowhere our noses don't have the dog in them whereas yours does (laughs) exactly but you know what i've heard i don't know if you've heard this carly but one of the way that people fix this is soldering their nose soldering yeah i knew a kid that had that done i think it's like getting your nose it's like cauterized cauterized yeah okay yeah. that makes more yeah, sense I, than soldering. like a, a soot like a black ring around your nostrils because i remember i was making fun of my friend in middle school for getting his nose cauterized loser <laughs> loser <laughs> yeah <laughs> you want to prevent nosebleeds i'm gonna stuff you in a fucking locker <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> way to want to live i was um reading an interview with you and you're mentioning ab- about how you don't or you try to not do too much songwriting or lyric writing when you were on tour which is a, a time that you spend a lot of your life on nowadays i'm sure mm. um and the reason being tour life is sort of traumatic in a lot of ways and if you're writing songs about those times you can kind of get burnt out and it'll make you not want to tour because it's like a, a perpetual cycle and, and and also you're you're creating content that people can't relate to. Most people don't go on tour and know about all that stuff. And it reminded me of when comedians start doing jokes about like private planes and stuff like that. <laughs> and you're suddenly you know not a part of that world anymore. But um, I just thought that was like a, a good life lesson in general. Yeah, I think it's definitely like I think the big aversion I have to that is for that second reason of just like who cares about. A musician writing like I don't want to hear a lot of songs about touring I think there's ways to do it that are that can be cool but 
I, I can't think of any. So 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 writing a song about being on tour is kind of hacky. One could say. I guess it's and mostly just boring. Like tour tour is endlessly boring. Right. That's the thing. It's like kind of boring. Yeah, most of it. Unless you're taking the especially the way it works now. Especially yeah. the way it works now. What, what what? How does it work now for you? At least this is my assumption. Like I don't know. Jake and I were watching that uh, Motley Crue. movie last night yeah yeah uh and just like all the like insane drugs and shit they were doing like i just i don't know anyone that would ever really i don't i don't know if that's like really the rock star thing now it's mostly just like trying to get through your day for the entire day and then you play your show yeah like if i brought drugs into it like and then also trying to like do what i do i would just be like i'd be dead i would probably be dead by now (laughs) yeah so when so when you're watching uh I guess like if it's a Motley Crue documentary, that that's the epitome, the height of like rock star excess lifestyle. Were you watching that saying like, damn, they had it better back in the day. This looks lit as hell. It looks so fun. They just do whatever they want and somebody else just cleans up their mess for them and they do whatever they want. Or were you watching that like this looks like a nightmare. It's stressing me out. I could not live s- sustainably like this. Um, It's fun to watch, <laughs> but... Except for the part where like people are like overdosing and like destroying their lives. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, look, there's some hazards to playing the game. I mean, I think touring. I don't know. I just find it to be a little bit like. Part of me is like, what's the point if you're not kind of fucking going a little bit crazy? But then I'm also like, oh yeah, the this is someone's job, and they have to also perform. Like you have to like kind of. You have to do it. It was always shocking to me when I would be backstage and see guys just absolutely fucking ripped and then get on stage and nail it. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, how do you Jake physically- can do that? <laughs> I'm like, how can you do that? And it's is it just practice? Is it how your brain is wired? Like, I don't know what the X factor is. I don't know either. Jake, Jake can do it because he's really, really talented, um, especially at guitar. <laughs> like, I couldn't play guitar and be smashed. No, that that's a big part. I mean, playing, being able to play your instrument while you're blacked out is a huge part of it i think part of the reason i couldn't really do any of that is because we're doing our first tour ever we've been touring since 2018 we're about to do our first tour ever with a tm like someone managing Mm -hmm. the day-to-day stuff and up until this point i've had to be in charge of like rallying everyone and driving us to wherever we're staying and like getting everyone like getting a bunch of like scraggly boys to pack up a van of gear, of not, heavy gear. you're you're be- you're you're the star and you need to make remind these losers of that and that's that, that's what a, tr- a tour manager is for and you better thank god for that <laughs> oh i'm i'm so excited for the opportunity to like not be like bossing everyone around i'm looking forward to it you deserve it i feel like that also the work. will help um kind of uh relations in, in internally you know when there's no you're kind of all back on somewhat of an equal playing field as as far as responsibilities go. It's like hiring a nanny for yourself. Yeah, they were always thankful that I was. I mean, at the end of the day, I was DDing every night, so it's like yeah. they're thankful for the opportunity to party. So it was okay, like morale wise, but it'll just be better for me to not feel like. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be a little bit tougher to steal money from them, but you'll still you'll, you'll, you'll figure it out. <laughs> Lord. Yeah, you're kind of one, one for me, one for them. <laughs> counting is going to have to change, but otherwise, it's going to be to- it's going to be totally fine. It's going to be totally oh, fine. Lord. <laughs> no, no, no. We're just kidding. We assume that you're not the type of person to steal money. Don't worry. Whenever we do this podcast with people uh, who are you know living a life that we're talking about, we like to ask them top three 
their top three prescription pills, but I feel like I want to ask you top three prescription, uh, I guess top three prescription pills, country edition, you know, some <laughs> alternative ways that we're getting high, you know, some non-traditional oh methods. Um, well, okay. Y'all actually have to do me a favor on this one because there was an interview recently that my mom saw where I was talking about. <laughs> how I've been really into poppers. Okay. And she was like, yeah, I tried, she wanted me to explain kind of what it was. And I gave a, I gave a daughter's version. And I was like, it's just a really strong smell. <laughs> <laughs> and so if y'all could do me the favor of, you're not wrong. Do you want, so do you want me to mansplain poppers to your mom? Yes, please. Cause she will definitely listen to this. And I just don't think I can get the words out. Like, even though she would under like she's done, she's seen it all. She would know. All right, Ms. Mrs. Hartsman, pull up a pull up a chair. I'm gonna need to talk to you about something serious about your daughter, <laughs> about the dangers of poppers. It's more than just a strong smell. No, it um poppers is literally a strong smell. Amyl nitrate. It's a chemical that not only loosens some muscles in your body, but it gives you a mm -hmm. small, short but enjoyable sense of euphoria. It makes you kind of giggly. And relaxed, and it lasts, you know, maybe eight minutes, and then it's all over, and then you get to go on with your day. If you do too much of it, you'll get a little headache. Um, but nobody has ever taken one whiff of poppers and, and wanted to go back for more. It's not habit forming in in the slightest. Oh, I dis I think the gay community would disagree, Jason. But go ahead, and speak <laughs> Chris. For I'm them. trying to. I'm telling this to her mom. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, sorry, I got confused. Yeah, no one does more than yeah. one a week. I, I tried would say. it. Max, Matt, one a week at most. I tried it one time. It was a little <laughs> weird. Yeah, I tried it once. It was weird. Yeah, you feel, <laughs> mommy, I feel weirdy a little. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> of, uh, on the on the totem pole of we should be worried, poppers are low on there. It's not, it's not that big of a deal whatsoever. The goofiest part of trying to explain that is when I was thinking of the way I was going to describe it and like process, like, thinking it as I was saying the first sentence that I came that that I said was it's really popular in the gay community mm -hmm. and and then I was like and I started saying like oh and it smells intense and then it only lasts like a little bit and then she like circled back she was like wait why is it popular in the gay community and I was like uh I think I just said I don't know <laughs> you know how those guys love to fucking party mom you know those guys love to fucking party who knows what oh it does you know who does what it does what does your mom Jesus. what does your mom think of your like what is your mom is your mom like a straight lace chick or is she you know no, she gets what you're doing she's honestly like she found out I did acid in high school and I don't know. I, there was like no consequences in the way that like she not in like a way she was being a bad parent, but she like leveled with me and she was like, I did it too. Yeah. And I was like, damn, good parenting. Like mm -hmm. I feel really understood and seen and I'll probably do it again, but I'll always know if something fucked up happens, I can come to you about it. I don't know. And she's uh, I actually haven't done any like snortable things or injectable things um a lady doesn't snort where i'm from and i i obviously don't want to like share too much about my mom's drug history but she's just she's she's done what was anything that was like available and popular when she she's was a hip lady she gets it yeah in the right place at the right time as they would say exactly um so she's just very empathetic and, it was the summer of love man yeah well she was I remember I was always really jealous because I was really into John Hughes movies in high school. And she's like, yeah, that's when I was in high school. It was kind of like that. And I was like, bitch, <laughs> bitch with me. Oh, okay. So this was not the summer of love. Mama was doing cocaine. Got it. Okay. <laughs> it was a different summer, but like there was still, <laughs> there was love happening. It was just different, I guess is how I would say. You it. should tell your mom to, uh, to read the new Brett Easton Ellis novel. I think she would like it. She's right in that, right in that zone. 
We'll send you a link afterwards. Don't worry. Yeah, I have no idea what that is. We'll give you. We'll get, yeah. We'll use our code. Gong. It's a book that takes place from that time frame. Oh, okay. Get a kick out of it. Get a kick out. Having of it. never met her whatsoever. So now that you're you're seeing um, obviously some success and you're you're, you're hitting the road, etc. Are you trying to bail out and come to one of these beautiful? Uh, coastal cities that cost a hundred times more than where you live, or are you trying to hunker down with the hill people? You got to check out Austin. <laughs> oh, I've been to Austin. Um, no, I'm not trying to go anywhere. I love where we live. Every time we come back home, I don't know. I'm so glad I see so many places on tour because anytime I even like places like slightly, I'm like, hmm, maybe I could see myself here. The second I come back, I'm like, no, this is my spot. I love. I think it's great. Mountains air smells good i i like that you're touching grass on a daily basis but you know if things take off if they're like we need you in this session lawn del rey wants you kind of top line in this thing and you got to be in la i mean what do you you just you just hop on the jet or are you saying that lana you're, can come to you're me you're gonna stay in the south for life you know things <laughs> take you places um, no i would go to lana uh if, if lana <laughs> asked but um i would definitely i, had a I would ask for my plane ticket to be paid for out of Asheville Airport, okay. Asheville Region. <laughs> Asheville Regional. She's like, well, that's not one of my usual hubs, but I'll see what I can do. Yeah, maybe we can meet each other halfway. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's a good idea. You guys link up in Denver for a weekend, just kind of see what happens. Reckon. Yeah, who is is there a musical artist, dead or alive, where if they're like, hey, we I come out to L.A. and live with me for a year, or New York and live for a year while we while we do this? Is there somebody who would get you to do that? Genuinely. No, and I love I love a lot of music. I'm I said just, dead or alive so too. Dead or alive? Yeah, no, for a year. Yo, Mozart, dead ass Mozart DMs you. <laughs> you're, you're gonna say no? No, I mean I love I love a lot of music. Damn, if that ain't country, you could kiss my ass. <laughs> Mozart sent you a letter in the mail. You left him on red. That's crazy. Oh, That's crazy. Mozart banged your PO box. Sorry, Mozart. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's just uh, I I would freak out. I wouldn't be able to if I was to live in one of those places for a year. I like wouldn't be able to make anything because I really just kind of combust like. Or whatever, like my brain stops working in big cities. Your body would be there, but your but your songwriting brain wouldn't be. Yeah, I don't know. I need so much mental space to work, and I also just like, I'm really. I think it's a big thing for like artists to collaborate and stuff. I just haven't worked. I haven't done that kind of work a lot. It makes me kind of nervous. So like the idea of that in the first place is nerve wracking. So mm. just like the thought of yeah doing it is it's just not something that appeals to me yet. No, no, that makes sense. Even if it was Mozart. <laughs> Even, <laughs> I mean, I think Mozart. I think that a lot of people don't. I think that it's really commonplace now, and it's like something people like really know about, where like the general public did not used to know about it. So I think now it's like there's more pressure on people to do it than there than there was, you know, years ago. I mean, Jake Jake also is the kind of musician where like people have asked him like play guitar on this, like add your little add your little sprinkles of yeah, sprinkles. your uh, mu music ability or whatever. But I'm not that good of a guitarist. Um, and I have a really specific way of writing. So if like they don't want a Wednesday song, mm, yeah, it doesn't really make sense. And I think you probably like it that way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. As it it's, should be. I mean, I mean, so many people thing. try to do what you're doing and yeah. don't have. You know, they spend their whole life or their whole career trying to find their that thing, and you already got it. I just want you to do some um, some gratitude <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. exercises about around that place. The next time you're touching grass. Around my talent. Yeah, just around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, no, not, not your talent. Your ability to know and have 
you know, a thing or a process or just a direction that you want to go versus just like, I love music. I want to make it, but I just can't for some reason Mm. or haven't figured out how to. Oh yeah. No, I definitely, I'm glad that I've kind of like figured out who I like, I don't know. I feel like 26 is really early to feel like I have a really strong sense of self. So it's, yeah. Yeah. Feels good. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I know. How, ba- I know how bad <laughs> how bad was your high school band? Or did you start late? She's still in it. <laughs> You're like, it's actually we're called Wednesday. Oh, New album is in stores now. <laughs> Pitchfork seems to like them. Oh man. <laughs> I was in a pop punk band like early college, like freshman year Let's of college. Go. That was like the first time I ever played any instrument. Um in- influences being Yeah, what were you listening? What kind of pop punk are we talking about? I'm an expert. I well, I actually didn't love pop punk. I just wanted to be in a band really bad, and that's the only kind of music that was happening in Greensboro, North Carolina. So okay. I like begged my friends to like let me in their band. They really liked what were they into? Third Eye Blind. Which I, I like Third Eye Blind. Hold on. You're classifying Third Eye Blind as pop punk? We've changed. No, I'm not. I'm not. But that's one of the things they were into. I, it's kind of pop punk. You got to say. It's not. I, I, if if Blink-182 is pop punk, let's call Blink-182 punk pop. <laughs> and Third Eye Blind is pop punk. I, I disagree. But I also, I, I, Carly, I've had a tough weekend because I was attacked by Linkin Park fans for something I said on Twitter. Oh, no. That they are not. Like there's this new thing where bands like that are considered emo, and I'm like, that is uh, that's just like new metal, and they're bad. And I'm still getting attacked by Lincoln. Yeah, Park. maybe as as a young person, could you weigh on weigh in on your thoughts on that, please? Yeah, please. Yeah. Gosh, I don't know. I feel like the only experience I had with Lincoln Park was like listening to radio rock on the way to softball practice. <laughs> in like middle school exactly yeah. that's my exact point that's the exact point yeah. it's like that's what it is that's what it is and yeah. there's like this whole kind of new there's like this new way of thinking that all of that stuff was actually like underground and i'm like guys this was oh. specifically made for the radio but i was explaining to jason that i think sometimes when music isn't tied to a scene it's tough for me to find it like authentic uh, when it's just like some guys that play at a bar five times and then get a record deal it's tough for me to think yeah. of that as like something authentic like third eye blind no they toiled in the underground for years <laughs> they had he rapped you know that she knows that what, did he have a, a rap name i didn't know that yeah steven jenkins was a rapper uh there, there's some youtube videos if you I, I can't remember i can't remember the his name or anything but he was uh he you can tell in third eye blind songs he kinda like scats sometimes. But that just that sort of makes my point that he was not a member of a scene. But let's let's move on from Third Eye Blind. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. I don't want to take up so much take up so much space for him. When does um, um I, I actually you know what I have a question. I have a question. Chris is gonna ask a dumb one anyways. <laughs> like what cities are you going to on your tour? No, no, no. I know what cities they're going to. <laughs> Chris knows he hasn't printed out on his fridge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah did. we were talking last episode. We we didn't get to it, but um, there was an article in the New Yorker, and it was it was titled "How to Be a Mysterious Woman Who's in Bed by 9:30." Mm. And the article did not really tell you how to do that. It just told you how to cope with your social anxiety. But hmm. I feel like you are probably a mysterious woman who, when they're not on tour, is metaphorically in bed by 9:30. What do you think? I don't know because I still don't really understand what the article was about. If it's not about being a mysterious, what does it mean to be a mysterious lady? I think it. I think it's. I think it's kind of like saying that you're actually boring. Oh, you know, but you want to seem. You want to seem mysterious because you're not like Jason. You're saying that like being out at night makes you mysterious. Is that kind of what? Yeah, like how to how to go to your friend's housewarming party and then like excuse yourself 
to go home and watch Friends on repeat for the <laughs> 7,000th time and still look cool and not pathetic kind of thing, uh, which is which I felt was a, not a healthy thing that we should be teaching people. But I feel like you are you are a mysterious woman in some way. That ways. does sound like me in the sense that I do leave things early if I go at all. I actually don't mm-hmm. go out. Like, I don't know. It's really hard to get me out of the house when I'm home just because tour is like the most social shit in the world and I'm an introvert. So it's like yeah. when I'm home, I'm like big home. like Massive home energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess the point that I was trying to make is like you are probably like that, whereas like hey, I'm going to go by my friend's house for their birthday because I care about them and I like them a lot, but I'm not going to stay out until 3 a.m. doing fucking tequila shots. Mm. But you're not also not going to like ghost them or make up some weird excuse. Mm. You're going to talk to them like a human being and, and say like, hey, I'm going to leave now because of XYZ and your friends are going to respect you for that and it's not going to be a weird thing where you have to like clandestinely exit a baby shower. I feel like I don't know anyone who really is like, uh, going out of their way to be weird about leaving something in my friend group, I guess. But the cool part is That's good. I live on, like we live next door to like some of our best friends um, and they'll have like stuff all the time. So it's literally, if I go home to be a mysterious woman, it's like a 15 second walk to my house. <laughs> so it's like, I can go barefoot to <laughs> I don't be mysterious know. and it takes note. The commute is really short. Yeah. So, and I don't really need to leave the like property that much to like, I forgot to, you guys were I forgot you guys were doing your like commune light living. Yeah. I mean, it's our neighbor Colin grew up in the house that he's in next door to us. And our landlord Gary is next to that. He's like this 80-year-old dude who's like an old well, he was he died last year. <laughs> old guy though. It's okay. Um, he's so old. He's so old that he died. It's crazy. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you come oh, yeah. back from that. Well, has that ever happened to you? <laughs> Fellas, you ever gotten so <laughs> yeah. old that you died? It happened. It, ha- if it happened to him. It can happen to any of us. <laughs> he got so old. Um, but yeah, so he was our landlord slash buddy. Um, and then he just rents these houses to, uh, Colin, our neighbor and the rest of us for like super cheap. And, uh, actually the land's about to be like sold, which really sucks. Cause obviously there's no landlord anymore. So we got to figure that out. I don't know where we're going to yeah, go. You guys but- were, I think he was talking about maybe you guys were, would be able to scrape up enough dough to buy it. Is that still on the table? Um, I don't know. You're like, I got enough dough scraped up. I don't know about these fucking <laughs> yeah. guys. Well, these guys, I don't fucking know, bro. I, I couldn't tell you about these guys. That's the weird thing about putting out a record, though. Even one that's doing really well. Like, I have no idea when we'll start making money because we owe a bit. Right. Because they, they advance you some. And then I also have, yeah, like $20,000 of student loans. Oh, you won't be making money from the album, sweetheart. I'm, no, we're talking about oh, merch touring, sales, yeah. live shows, stuff like we gotta, that. Yeah. We got to start. Yeah, we got to get a whole harem sewing if you want to make any money. This ain't going to, it ain't <laughs> going to be from Spotify. You know that. My bandmates are joking about that all the time. <laughs> they, they joke about sweatshop labor. I don't <laughs> they think, think it's, it's funny. funny. They think it's funny. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but if you need a good sweatshop guy, just let me know. Cool. I, I will say, listening to your record, you have a little bit of a lo-fi kind of relaxed country flavor to you, but the album sounds very professionally done, and I think there's a good kind of mixture of that. I mean, kind of hearkening back to the, the Motley Crue days where mm. people around you are like, we got to make sure this shit sounds fucking pro because we care about it that much, and it can't just be some like lo-fi four-track shit like... It's it's powerful enough that we got to drop some some money on it, and I think it's cool to hear that because you don't really hear it that much anymore. Because 
there's no money to dump into stuff like this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Like this was definitely the first album with an advance. Like I think we got a $500 advance from for the last record. <laughs> so so oh, gas shit. money. Yeah. Essentially that label was uh, one guy and this label is like uh 40 i love that something. i love the 500 i love 500 that like yeah that jason that gets you to the studio but you can't record once you get there <laughs> and you know issue. that he wishes it was five hundred thousand. it wasn't because he was being it's cheap true. it was just all he had you know no it's true and we were really excited about that actually too like that was because we had had we were funding everything i mean i think the rest of the funding was from what's it called what they were giving out during covid the like the stipends oh really ppp loan yeah i used like all of mine on recording i like that you're you're just like all the rappers you're just scamming ppp to get some studio time i like no that. but she actually spent the money on making music though <laughs> oh that's true oh i see no hell she didn't buy yeah, what's, what's shoes. the scam it how do you scam it with it well there's a there's a lot of um well the, the scam was i think that a lot of people opened like basically you would open LLCs and then get giant loans from the government. And kind of the idea was you were never gonna have to pay it back, which I think is kind of, I think is kind of true. Um, but I, I, that was the, that was the common, that was the most common scam, I believe, but it sounds like everything you did is above board. Or people would just take the loan out and just, just spend it on cars and clothes and bullshit. I got like some designer shoes for the first time during COVID just because I was like, this is the only time I've ever had money. <laughs> so Okay, walk us through this purchase. I'm actually looking at them right now because I got to take them to the cobbler. Uh, <laughs> I got uh, 1991, I think. Here, I'll show them. Uh, Mew Mew boots. These like oh, really weird looking. Yes. Yeah, I was really into okay. that during COVID. I haven't like really gotten back into like some of the... There's a real, real ship down there to the bayou? I reckon so, yeah. The bayou <laughs> is... Uh, they send it to the bayou and then they send it to me because the bayou <laughs> is far from me. I just love I just love that, you know, we're just from two opposite ends of the world and our lives are so connected by online shopping and fashion and like you just held up a very cool boot that if I saw somebody in Echo Park wearing, I'd be like, damn, that's sick. You're pulling it off. Go off, queen. God, if I, w I never wear them around here, though. <laughs> I was going to ask, where do you wear Where do you wear these? Because I feel they might get stuck in the mud and stuff. So I'm, I'm <laughs> Genuinely, yes. Um, I, I wore them to the shoot for the album cover, and you can't see them. <laughs> um, and then... Well, it's, I wear Mew Mew for a feeling, not, not because of the will. Yeah, it's how it makes you feel. Yeah, well, I bought them during COVID, so I literally wasn't leaving the house. I bought them just to, like, feel good um, in my house. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I Hopefully we'll have more... Because I can't bring them on tour right now because we don't have a situation where... Like, we're just in a, a Conaline van, so everything's, like, getting smushed and stacked. I, I look like shit on tour right now because I can't dress. I have to bring like a suitcase of smashed t-shirts and athletic shorts <laughs> you sound like you sound like, me, one day when like I that's what i closet. prefer is smashed t-shirts and athletic shorts but i understand that no carly carly it needs works. a couple steamer trunk road cases assistant <laughs> ironing board i can't wait till yeah pulling out looks for you backstage we walk into the backstage and you've got the wardrobe cases open with somebody steaming kind of your look three for tonight <laughs> i would love to at least like indulge in that kind of thing once but i actually am more comfortable in like a normal tour clothes like clothing that i wear now but I don't know. I, I am interested in fashion, so it's just like a fun opportunity. Like you can dress crazy on stage. It's like the only time I'll be able to do it. Really, so. I say this all the time. I say this all the time. There's, 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 you, there. Nothing gives you more power to dress however you feel than a stage. Mm -hmm. There's clothes that are made for it, but there's also like I, I just think that 
I see people attempting things like that in the street and it's not successful. You put them on a stage, all of a sudden it fucking works. It's a totally different ballgame. Right? Yeah. No, it's just like it would be a waste of an opportunity if I didn't at least try to like go crazy. Are the fellas are the fellas dressing or do they not give a shit or oh, do they okay. even care more than you? Uh no, They're they don't <laughs> care. Which is like I think Zandy, my favorite Zandy clothing item uh is this new one he's been wearing. That's our lap steel player. He has this t shirt. We're all really into t shirts. Um big T band. <laughs> yeah. yeah, boy. Uh it's like a t shirt. <laughs> With a pig on it, and it says "Sweat Hog." <laughs> Damn, that is pretty cool. <laughs> I feel like I've seen this before. <laughs> I have. T- I would love to know what it is. I have no idea what it is, but <laughs> the sentence you just said is our lap steel player Zandy wears a T-shirt that says "Sweat Hog." I just want to kind of yeah. clear that, you know, make sure we understand yeah. where we're coming from. Hopefully, Sweat Hog is his DJ pseudonym, and he often DJs in the car. We- well, we all do, but. Um, DJ Sweathog when he when, has when the he's ox, on the it's, on it's, the ox. It's over for you hoes. Yeah. If, if you're trying to sleep while sweat hogs on the ones and twos, it ain't it ain't gonna be it, it ain't, Forget it ain't about good it. for you. It ain't good for he you. He doesn't not take you on a journey. Genuinely, I was trying to sleep in the van on the way back from New York. We drove from New York to Asheville like two days ago, and I had finally fallen asleep and Zandy got on the ox. Didn't look in the rear view to check if my peepers were shut and uh, blasted some <laughs> fucking, I don't even know what it was, some sort of death metal, like, but like not even good death metal, just like mm-hmm. something that is made to wake a sleeping <coughs> gal. Just some, some bullshit fake cannibal corpse ass band only designed to wake you up. The kind of thing that you would play when you have a Taliban member in a torture cell and you're trying to break up. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. This is this is when you're yeah, this is when you're in solitary. That's what you hear when like. you're holding down in Waco, Texas. I don't understand listening to music like that when driving. Even if the drive is long. I feel like how to how do eight people deal with that? Or do you just have to let the driver do his thing? Um, sometimes we're all really in the mood for that kind of thing, actually. It can be really fun, especially if like there's just like a chaotic restlessness. Like it's really good at like getting out restlessness to listen to just like the most, I'll say it again, heinous um <laughs> shit. Just some absolutely heinous tunes. Well, who who is your who is your go-to death metal heinous band, or do you have one? Oh God, we really like this um, Nails album. Mm. What is it called? Nails, yeah. That's a really fun one. I, I mean, we we threw on the the latest Gex album at one point <laughs> when we were feeling pretty heinous. <laughs> um, when you just want to rage. Yeah, that was that was good for like getting out some. There was there was a drive recently where we got into like our most horrifying like guilty pleasure. To bring it up again pop punk music like i'm trying to even think of some of the like it was like the hot topic bands um just like pulling up some of that from the dregs that was pretty right, like the used or something yeah just some real nasty ass shit yeah like middle school hot topic music i like the idea though of people like people being forced to reveal what they like because they can't help like you put something on and they're trying not to sing along or act like they know it, but they're just like, fuck it, I love the yeah. years. Fuck it. No, it's fun. It's a really, I would never like show that part of like how much of that music I was aware of with like any other crew <laughs> of people. I, yeah, it's fun with that. It can be a very bonding experience to do that. It was, it was. Where you're like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll change it. I'll, this song's stupid unless you guys are okay with it. <laughs> unless. <like>, yeah. <laughs> 
This song's like really bad. It's kind of annoying, right? You want me to turn it off? Oh my god! <laughs> All right, Carly. Well, thank you for taking the time to pod with us. Um, we are we are both fans, and the new record is really really special. And congratulations, well done making it. And um, we hope you have a fun time on tour. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Carly. We'll talk to you soon. Have fun out there. Thank you. Later. Later. Bye. Bye.